Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. And turn to Luke chapter 8, and got down to verse 40 last time, message today titled, Got Issues. Anybody got issues? Verse 40, it says, So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. So <laughs> Luke tells us that Jesus comes back to the other side. Remember before the, the crowds were thronging him, the crowds were in danger of crushing him. We know from the other gospels that he got into a boat to preach to the group because he was going to be crushed. And that's when he tells his disciples, Let's go to the other side. Well, now he gets back and the crowds are still, they've been waiting for him the whole time. Now it's only been a day, you know, or the evening, and now he's back in the morning again. And so, but all the crowds are there waiting for him and they're desperate for Jesus. They want more of Jesus. And he gets there just in time for some very desperate people. One thing I find interesting is that you can get the feeling of desperation and urgency from everyone except for Jesus. It's it's crazy because Jesus is just always kind of chill in these situations. He's not freaking out, right? And we're going to see that as we get into this. Verse 41, it says, Behold, there came a man named Jairus. It's probably Jairus is probably his name, but I'm not, I call him Jairus, sorry. And he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. So Jesus still being pressed by these multitudes of people. And this is a guy who is in desperation. Mark's gospel tells us that she is at the point of death, right? And and that becomes apparent. But in this case, desperation is trumped, or excuse me, reputation is trumped by desperation. And, And that's interesting because this guy has seen Jesus at work and he believes that while his daughter is still holding on to life in any way, shape, or form, that there's a possibility that if Jesus is with her, that he is going to be able to heal her. And it's possible that he's skeptical about Jesus. Even though he was the leader of the synagogue, he's seen Jesus heal the man with the withered hand. He's seen Jesus cast the demon out of the demon-possessed man. He, maybe he was at Peter's house. Just Actually, archaeology has uncovered that Peter's house was just a few doors down from the synagogue, just right there. And he saw the, the horde of people, halt, withered, lame, demon-possessed, lepers, who, who knows what coming in the middle of the night, you know, as, as the, the sun goes down on the Sabbath, everybody comes out like the night of the living dead to Peter's house, and Jesus heals all of them. Every single one of them heals all of them. And it's kind of a beautiful thing. And so this guy has been a front seat witness to all that Jesus has done there in Capernaum, which he did more there than any other place in Galilee. And he's seen it happen, but you also remember when the man with the withered hand was healed, that, that they went out, the leaders of the Jews, which he would be one of those, went out and plotted how they would would kill Jesus. 
And so it's possible, and we don't know, but it's possible that this guy was part of that plot when they got around and said, hey, how are we going to get rid of this guy? But now he finds himself in this place where, man, I, I could follow the, the leaders of the Jews and I could follow what everybody in my, in my Pharisee party is telling me that, that we need to be doing. And he was a Pharisee. Leaders of the synagogues were always Pharisees because the Pharisees controlled the synagogues. Or he could let, his daughter, he could let Jesus come heal his daughter. And he doesn't even come to Jesus, you know, it's an urgent situation. He doesn't come to Jesus at night like Nicodemus. He comes to him in the middle of a crowd. All these people know who he is. And he implores, he begs Jesus to come and heal my daughter. Totally against the flow. But what do we do when we're desperate? What do we do when we find ourselves at our wit's end, when everything else is exhausted, or we, we find ourselves in the middle of a tragedy? Where do we go? Are we willing to put aside some of the, our long-held beliefs or our long-held stigmas and things that we think Jesus can do and things that theologically we believe Jesus couldn't do? You know, and say, okay, wait a minute, maybe, maybe in this desperation, maybe my theology was wrong. And that's certainly what this guy is doing. And setting aside his beliefs, he goes to Jesus. What would, what would the church be like if no matter what situation we find ourselves in or what trauma or, or, or trial we find ourselves in, that we would desperately go to Jesus believing no matter what it was or whatever we believed about Jesus in the past or whatever we think the limitations we, there are on him, that we would come to him and say, Jesus, I know that you can fix this problem. And what if that was our first response when things went sideways, or when things started to go bad? That our first response was to run to the Father, as we just sang, and fall on our knees before him and say, God, you can fix this problem. You can heal this chasm. You can fix it. I think that oftentimes we neglect to do those things because maybe we just have these ideas about things. You know, when it comes to our, our child who's not going in the direction we hoped, or, or maybe is sick or something, or my marriage that's not working the way that I hoped, and, and my, my work or whatever. What, what would the church be like if everything that we did was taking it directly to Jesus and believe fully that he could deal with that problem, that it wasn't too big for him? Would we ever be stressed out? Will we ever be in a hurry? Will we ever have anxiety if we truly believe that? You know, I, I've seen a lot of miracles. How many of you guys have seen miracles in your life? Just raise your hand. Seen God do amazing miracles. Okay, we've seen quite a few, quite a few. We've seen God do miracles. You know, my wife and I have seen tons of miracles. I was just kind of going through it. We've seen him provide for us. I mean, absolutely no money, no, no, no hopes, no prospects, and seen God absolutely provide. We've had prophecies spoken of us that have come to pass. We've had miracles, the birth of our son. You know, not too long ago, Jesus healed one of my son's eardrum. It was completely blown out, and we went to the doctor, and it was completely back. How's that happen? It's a miracle. We see those things. I mean, one of my kids had Jesus appear to him and tell him stuff he shouldn't have known when he was four years old next to his bed. I mean, we've seen God do all these things. And I wonder, you know, what is it that, that makes us at one point see a miracle and then the next moment when we, when we find ourselves in a crisis, we, we freak out? 
I, I wonder, what is it that, that makes us do that? And, and honestly, as I was thinking about it, I think it's when we find ourselves in those situations, it's because we lack confidence. Not self-confidence, not believing in myself. You know, like one of the guys this morning was saying, you know, God, you know I, I hate it when I hear that God helps those who help themselves, because it's not true, right? God helps the helpless. He helps the weak. And, and that's what we see here in, in our stories today. He helps those who are desperate, but also he helps those who believe. And, and what, would it, what would it take to restore our confidence or what would it take to build our faith so that we can see God do things outside of the realm of the natural, outside of the realm of the possibilities that we have in our own you know, construct of, of what we think is going to happen in life or what we feel could happen or possibly work out? What would, take, what would it take for a miracle to happen in my life? And, and I would submit to you that the, what it would take is for you really just to believe Jesus. To, to really just believe him, and for me too, I, it's not just you, because there's times when I freak out too. And, and I don't just trust Jesus and say, okay, Lord, you got this. I, I, I'm excited to see how you're going to work this out. Sometimes I do that, sometimes I don't. You know, it just depends, I guess, in the, on the day and the frame of mind I'm in and if my blood sugar's up or down. I don't know what it is. But one thing that's helped me, and I, I think this is good, you know, what, what, I, guess, I guess the question is, how could I believe that when I read these things in the Bible, that not only are they real, which I believe they're real, but are they real for me? How can I believe that the things I see Jesus do, when people go to Jesus and the way that he helps them and the way that he comes through for them, how can I believe that he's going to do those things for me? And you know what's helped me more than anything, I would say? It's it's reading good Christian biographies, and and reading about because I it's one thing for Paul to heal somebody and pray over somebody and they're healed or cast out a demon or something like that, but it's a whole other thing when it's somebody who I've met, or somebody who I'm contemporary with, or somebody who lived just a hundred years ago, or two hundred years ago. You read about George Mueller and just the miracles that God provided for all those orphans, or you read about Hudson Taylor as he went into China and he just completely trusted the Lord, and the Lord answered so many prayers. And you read about Brother Andrew who snuck behind the Iron Curtain and would take Bibles into churches that were hurting and starving, and, and just the divine appointments and the way God worked and the miracles He's performed. You read about Corey Ten Boom or or. Joanne Shelton, or any of these people who, who God has taken out on the mission field or just lived extraordinary Christian lives, and as they went out just trusting God, Edwin Orr, another example, just trusting God and, and seeing God come through for them in amazing ways. And when I read those, I think God can do that for me. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, Call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.